What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back, guys. Hey, Jim. Good to be back, Jim. Good morning. Yeah, really good to be back. I was on vacation. It was good to uh, turn it off for a bit, but I missed you guys, and it feels good to be home. Going over episode six. Uh, I guess the most the most impressive stat we got is we have 1,168 downloads. Ooh. You know, I mean, if you look at like these big podcasts, the Joe Rogan podcast or something like that, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but for a, a little trucking podcast out of Commerce City, I don't know. I like that. We've had over a thousand people listen to us, so that's pretty cool. That is pretty impressive, Jim. Some of the more interesting feedback I've got is from... Uh, Former drivers that live out of state, well, not all of them, but a couple of them that are listening to the podcast, and they're really enjoying it. Dan Woosley out of Georgia is one of them. He hit me up, text down in Texas. He wanted everybody to know that all the CB handles that are given out around here were given by him. (laughs) (laughs) That's a claim to fame, right? Yeah, Todd Fisher, he, he had some really nice compliments, and then Omar Santa Cruz, I just talked to him last week. He's doing well. He's enjoying the podcast, and uh, he wants to hear more stories from you guys. And I think everybody agrees the old-school stories of what happens here at JFW are always interesting. If I can just jump in there, Jam, I, I, I know I asked you about it, um, about naming the podcast Channel 23 and talking about old-school stories and stuff, and I was going to bug Super Dave here. I, I had a friend of mine, Tim Martinez, he was like, uh, what's Channel 23? And, you know, unless you're in the business, you, you don't know about the CBs and stuff. And me and you chatted about it. And and I wrote some stuff down, you know, when we were trucking together or old school and stuff like that. You know, you had your echo on your radio. You had your Roger beep, your talk back. And, you know, we ran, what, 20, what is it, 27605, Dave, some of the guys would go to. So yep. anybody that's listening... That Channel 23 podcast, that comes from a CB channel that most of all JFW trucks ran. So a shout out to everybody that's running on that channel. And 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 we just picked that to be part of our industry and trucking because at one point that CB, it's it's your lifeline. You know, running a, an, a static microphone and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's a big deal. Totally. Yep. When I started back in 2014, you had to get your own radio and... When it comes time to buy a radio, you want you want something that's going to get out there a little bit, something that has a little power, and some of the guys are still doing that. But over the road trucking's changed a lot. You don't, you won't even see antennas on a lot of those trucks anymore. Yeah, that's that's kind of sad to see that little piece die, even though it's old school jam. I I remember I think it was Ron or Stingray Dispatch used to be out at Plant Twelve when Owens Brothers owned it. And they'd key up and come across the telephone lines, and oh, we got wow. in trouble at dispatch. Too much power on the radio, but thanks, Stingray. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hey, so while I was out in Craig on vacation, uh, I was watching the news, and I, I'm surprised you guys didn't talk about it. There was a semi that overturned right here in Denver, and it was full of Vicks vapor rub. Miraculously, there was no congestion for eight hours. <laughs> Man, and we roll right into the dad jokes. Man, you Good segue. In the beginning of that. Good segue. So that's my opening serve for the dad joke challenge. Come on. <laughs> All right, then. So let me follow that up here. Um, do you know why I wash my clothes in Tide? Are you a mermaid? Oh, it's too clo- It's too cold outside. Oh, in Tide, <laughs> out Tide. <laughs> I got you. Man, that was rough. All right. And, and by the way, you guys, just to, that's that's from Manny. That was his dad. Oh, joke yeah. I need to give credit where credit is due. I know you guys have a lot of help with your dad jokes. <laughs> Brother Dave has a book on his desk. Rob White gave to him. But uh, Matt Off actually gave me that dad joke. So thanks, Matt. I think you guys really need a vote. Get on Bamboo and tell us who you think's winning these dad jokes. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if mine's quite a dad joke. It's more of a joke in, in general. But... Uh, you know, a lot of you guys I've talked to that know my son is a competitive swimmer, and uh, he had quite an accomplishment about three weeks ago. He made a national cut, so he gets to go to nationals uh, here in the middle of December down in Austin, Texas. And there was another family member that their son uh, got a national cut as well. So we kind of went to dinner and celebrated, and <laughs> the drinks got to flowing a little bit. And 
at one point the the teammates uh, family they got got a little inebriated and we were just currently at a three-day swim meet this weekend with him and he's like damn Dave that was that we had a lot of fun man we were we were drinking and I was like dude you were messed up and he goes oh come on I wasn't that bad I was like are you kidding me you asked my cat who killed Mufasa <laughs> wow <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I like that one. You could be a Disney fan of me for that one. That one's deep. Oh, there isn't anybody here who doesn't know who Mufasa is. Come on. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys. My dog is so smart. I asked him, what's two minus two? And he said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like that. Oh, man. That was a good one, too. Ba-da-ba. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, celebrations. Congratulations to uh, James and Erica for getting married. If you don't know who James and Erica is, that's Erica's Jim's daughter, Dave's niece, and then James is her husband. So congrats. They got married in the Dominican. So with them out there, we actually had somebody from the Dominican Republic listen to our podcast. <laughs> I wonder who that was. Wow, that, that's <laughs> awesome, right? <laughs> Getting around, so congr- congratulations, Jim. That's thank, awesome. thank you, guys. How was the Dominican? Ah, it was it was great. It was great to be with family. They wanted to do a destination wedding and kept it small, and it was nice just to be close like that, all together as a family. That's what that's what that accomplished. That's awesome. Good stuff. How was the Dominican for you, Dave? <laughs> Before I move on to birthdays, <laughs> was was there a wedding in the Dominican? <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother Oprah, as you would say. We don't have time on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Birthdays, we got Blair in 0062. His birthday was the 14th. Holly, another another celebration for the Whites. Holly White, 1117. Miguel in 0015, or excuse me, 0057 on uh, November 19th. James, 001 on November 20th. And then Cisco Resin, 0093. His birthday is actually tomorrow. So happy birthday, everybody. Yeah, happy birthday, Woo! guys. Happy birthday, everyone. Happy birthday. Anniversaries, we got Eric Schoenbaum in 0015. He just hit one year uh, on the 17th. Byrne in 0070, one year on the 18th. Emilio Camacho in 0045, one year yesterday. And Richard Garul hit his one-year mark uh, yesterday as well. It's so weird when you see these guys hit a year. It feels like we hired them yesterday, and it just shows you how fast time flies by over here. Right? That Absolutely. Is, Congratulations, you guys. Thank yeah. you for your dedication. I mean, a year, like Jam just said, it seems to go by fast or, or slow, but yep. you know, it's, it's a congratulations. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Time flies when you're busy. I thought it was time flies when you're having fun. That yes. too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, as I was walking up the stairs, Linda stopped me, and she had a list of unsung heroes. Oh? Just guys that awesome. go, go out here every day and do their job, but they don't make a lot of noise doing it. Tufu Yang is one. G. Hernandez, he hasn't been here long, but she says he just goes out and gets it done. Richard Garul, Miguel in 0057, Sandman, Don Keller, Dan Hawk, Johnny Beret, Aladdin and Pedro. A lot of West Yard guys, actually, and she wanted to make it known this is not an all-inclusive list. She may have missed a couple guys, but like I said, she just caught me on the way up the stairs here. So, And then JR wanted to give a shout-out to Gris Beam. He uh, provided some good info on the uh, Plant 39 of LaPan Hall to help everybody out. Fantastic. Yeah. I want to add just one name to that, and, and maybe you'll get to a jammer. It's on, on your notes, but... Uh, Welcome back to Sergio Portillo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He he was with us almost five years, four years? Uh, I'd have to look, Jim. I think it was pretty close to five. Anyways, yeah. Sergio, welcome back. Um, yeah. You know, whatever you were doing or, or tried or anyway, I'm, I'm glad it failed because we got you <laughs> back and you're a good guy if that sounds good. But yeah, welcome back, Sergio. And then just right quick for myself. Uh, Tony Martinez and JR for filling in last week or two weeks ago on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those guys did a great job. Martinez, Big Tone, Tone Balone, whatever you want to call him. Chimichanga, he did a great job. (laughs) Chimichanga. I love that story. (laughs) Uh, Just rewinding back to Sergio Portillo. Um, he used to, number one, be the baby of the family, and I don't think that's the case anymore. We may have some younger blood here. 
but also I uh, can't remember who it was. I read an article and a guy used to love when uh, new people would come on an interview. He would always let them go talk to somebody who's left and came back because mm. they're a big testimony of, of what kind of company you know they or we are. So I love seeing guys come back and you know good for him to going out and trying something new and, and knowing whether or not it was going to work. You're right, Jim. I mean, to re-pick us is an honor. Absolutely. Hey, I got to throw a shout out there. Just coincidentally, I just got a text, like literally right now, I'm reading it in my hand. Steve Schwagler. I don't know if you guys remember oh, him. Yeah. He moved up to uh, Wisconsin. He's running a crane. I'm literally looking at a photo. He's sitting in a crane running it right now. And his caption says, cool podcast, guys. I'm listening to it up here oh, that's in awesome. Wisconsin. So you got another follower up in Wisconsin, yep. Jim. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. We we have another follower. My buddies down at uh, Bighorn Firearms know Steve, and they got a different name for him. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't, we are on the family channel. But what's up, Steve? Good to, good to hear from you, man. Hey, hey Steve. We, we got another swim meet up in uh, Wisconsin there in March. So I'll come see you again, brother. All right, guys, let's get down into the nuts and bolts of some things. And, uh, you know, we've had two meetings here this week about hours of service and uh, the clearinghouse and just doing things the right way. So my question for you guys, and just judging by the old school stories that everybody likes to hear, when did things start changing from the old school way to the way we run things now? And, Jim, I think it was like the first podcast or second podcast. You said sometimes to be different all you got to do is do things the right way. So what was a pivotal moment where you guys are like, hey, we need to start changing our ways? Yeah, hopefully Dave jumps in there and we can, you know, kind of tag team this or Super Dave because he's been here for so many years. And I don't want to give you the corny answer of, hey, we just want to be better. You know, that's, that's, that's where it starts. But we did want to be a better company. It's what we preach every day. You know, and we also wanted to – um, attract better people to work for, better family members. And, and I don't mean like be- better like a criminal, just people that enjoyed this industry, enjoyed what we do, come to work and they're happy every day. So to do that, you, you have to change from some of the old school ways because, you know, I, later in the, in the podcast here, we talk, I'm going to talk about Benjamin Franklin. He's one of my guys. I love his quotes. And, and he says, if you're you know, if you're not changing, you're dying. So we have to change from the old ways, Jan. That would be my little piece. Yeah, probably one of the biggest changes we saw in in uh, being better, and it depends how you want to describe that, was uh, <laughs> the first DOT audit we went through in 1995. <laughs> I don't know if, if uh, Jim Smith, a.k.a. Doogie, listens to this podcast, but uh, if you do, Doogie, here's a little flashback in time. Uh, officer, or I should say, excuse me, Trooper yeah, Rod trooper. Northrup stopped Doogie up off Highway 85 and 104th. Doogie was in a rock trailer at the time. Ironically, I believe hauling rock to Plant 12. And uh, they weren't the rock trailers we have today, yeah, right? Like 30, they weren't 30, 35 foot. They were 32 two, foot. Uh-huh. They didn't have high lift gates. They were little half barn doors. Doogie had on 32 tons of rock. Oh, boy. Right? It looked like a piss ant pulling a loaf of bread. It, <laughs> it was Rock was spilling off everywhere. And, I mean, he was probably 100,000 pounds we had old trucks at the time that were heavy. The rock trailers were in no way lighter. You know, I just everything about that was wrong. And it was quite an eye-opening event for Jim and I to go through our first DOT audit back in 95. So, yeah, it, huh. was, it was a change in ways. And, yep. and to a degree, it was a change in guard almost. You know, Jim and I had been running the company for probably several years. Our, our parents uh, basically gave up in the early, early 90s. After, like we mentioned several podcasts back, uh, Denver Ready Mix filing bankruptcy on us. But uh, when I say a changing of the guard, it was a changing in the way the guard does things, uh-huh. right? I mean, back old, old school with senior, it was like, hey, boys, this shit's got to get done. Let's uh-huh. get it done. Put on as much as you can. He was loading the trucks. We hauled 35 tons. We hauled whatever fit in the trailer, not what was a legal load. So those days are long gone, and uh, we're better for it. We're a better company. We're a safer company. We're, you know, known everywhere. You run into someone in the state of Colorado and they're like, your trucks were over here. Your trucks were over there. I saw your trucks up here. I was hunting up in Craig and I saw one of your trucks. I was, whatever the case may be, you know, I mean, we run into people all the time and go, you're everywhere. And Mikey gives us a hard time. He said, that needs to be our slogan. You're everywhere. Right. Yeah. I'd say the maturity of the company probably helped that. I mean, I know as individual, 
maturing as an individual, I look back at some of the things I used to do and I'm like, what was I thinking? I'd never do that today. You know, it's so true. Yeah. Good description, Jim. That, that was when the strategy uh, came about that, Hey, we need to make our trucks lighter. Huh. We need to haul more, but we got to do it legal. I was just about to ask you super, cause you were here, you were old school. And when these changes were coming down the pipeline, how did that make you feel? Or were you like, what, we can't run a hundred thousand or <laughs> what was going on in your head? Well, you know, we, we got a whole bunch of new trailers because we got aluminum trailers. So that was really cool. Um, one thing about weight, uh, to reduce the weight, you don't have those big, powerful motors anymore. And that was an adjustment, I'll tell you. Ah. Yeah, we always, yeah, there's kind of the old saying, and this even comes from uh, uh, Tony Martinez, is you can't make everybody happy, but you try to do your best, you know, and smaller horsepower, but... Bigger loads, more money, payload, all that kind of stuff, right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. That was then. That's not today's case. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've today. You got the biggest motor that backcar provides. I mean, it's a eighteen hundred and fifty foot pounds of torque, yeah. five hundred and ten horsepower. I mean, it's a big bad Betty. Yeah, they make bigger, but it's right. it's it kills you on the weight. Right, we don't need them. Nope. Yeah. At nine hundred RPM, Dave. Right. Right. Yeah. So speaking of changes. If there was one thing you guys could change about JFW right now, what would that be? Well, we, me and Dave joked earlier about this. Maybe we can make this come out correctly or, <laughs> or make it sound good. But, you know, just do your damn job. You know, <laughs> right. can, we, can we change that up and get people just to do their damn job? But that's, that's not true because everybody works really hard. Right. And, and, you know, we could... Again, back to the corny thing about being better, we could, you know, less hours, more more income, right. all that stuff to, to change, Jam. And I don't know if our industry drives that. We try to be on that cutting edge of that along with our technology with our trucks. And sure. you know what? What do you think, Dave? We were we kicked it back and forth or joked about it, about just do your damn job. Yeah. I mean, we were talking because the, the deal in here you have about old school to the way things run now. He's spot on with the old school. That's the comment, right. right? You know, but ironically, we get so caught up in dealing with the few items that are bad that consume our day, we overlook all of the good people. We overlook all of the good things that happen. We were focused on the one time we hit the gate compared to the 9,000 times we cleared the gate. And we need to pat those 9,000 trips on the back where we cleared the gate and not focus on the one where we hit it. I agree. And I would say, you know, more specifically to doing for people doing their job, most of our guys and girls do an excellent job. There's just a few individuals that we seem to have to, I'll use the term babysit or put more energy into that take away from us, you know, pouring back into the people that are actually doing the job. Right. Absolutely. Good point, Jim. And when we spend that time though, Jim, doesn't it make us better though? That, that, but just like you guys are saying too, there's the people, and, and Dave said it, we're not patting some people on the back because they're they're so good that we miss them. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a bummer. A little bit. And let's not forget about the one thing that takes no skill, and that's showing up. <laughs> right? <laughs> show up. Do your job. Right. Absolutely. And for you guys that show up every day and you girls that show up every day and, and give your very best, we, we want to thank you for that. Woo! Absolutely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um moving on to uh the year's coming to an end 2021's almost over it's been a flash in the pan really what's uh the goal for 2022 oh another great question jam you know looking at the future we've had high fuel prices this last year we've had you know labor shortage there's truck driver shortages there's all the stuff we fought through we've got Another round of COVID, people are talking mm -hmm. about booster shots. You know, we just ordered some trucks that I think we talked about in an older podcast. Uh, MHC or Kenworth, Car, however you want to do it, they came to us and canceled the order because wow. they couldn't control the prices of their trucks. They just got back with us this last week, and the prices are, are through the roof for the new trucks um, because of, you know, steel, chips, materials, all that kind of stuff. So that's something in, in 2022, we we did go ahead and sign the order. We got the trucks coming. Oh, wow. Um, but it's, what was it, Dave, 
50,000 more across the, the 10 trucks. Yeah. Um, so about 15 grand more per yeah, truck. Yeah. Yes. Right, right. At that it. is yeah. significant. Yeah. So that's, you know, I, I know you ask about a goal, but those were, my goal is to overcome some of these problems that we've, we've drug with us out of the last couple of years that, that we need to keep working on. Yeah. And, and again, you know, we just back up there, our hours, you know, the amount of pay, right. you know, there's some goals that I, I, I don't know if we can achieve them, but I want to keep trying. Yeah. Yeah, we're just continuing the path to be better, provide better benefits along the way. We're renewing our health insurance right now. We're hoping to have an even better package than what we've had currently for the last year. As Jim mentioned with the trucks, we've got 12 new trucks coming in. Two should be here this year. We don't have a time frame on the next 10 for next year. It was supposed to be March, but it looks like they're going to be some staggered uh, show-up spots now. And then uh, the 25, actually it's 28 trailers get replaced. Those will start next month in December and go through March. So we hope to have 28 more trailers replaced as well. And yeah, those are those are goals, even though they're they're a working goal, right? right. We're just going to keep fighting. So just to be clear, we got two more, what, Peterbilt's coming in the next 30 days or so? Mm-hmm. Nice. Excellent. And just a little sarcasm I could throw out there for 2022. <laughs> Do your damn job, right? <laughs> just, just, just kidding, you guys. Huh. Way to go, old school. <laughs> old school. What about a ten-year plan for JFW? What do you guys envision? Man, we should be in our new facility by then. All under one roof, ten pull-through bays, multiple wash bays. Uh, God, you name it, man. About 150 trucks. That that's, sounds great. That's where I see it. Jim, you still gonna be? hard at it in the next 10 years are you telling me i'm old is that a jam no at one point you just went old school (laughs) at one point you're probably going to be considering hey maybe i'll retire one day yeah jam through all these podcasts when you talk about retirement and stuff and i'm I'm sure one day it's um, i'm going to think i'm too old but you know like dave said this is a passion this is a love i don't know what else i would do and and you know a few more days off yeah absolutely but to have the goals that Dave just talked about or what the future is, is to be back under one roof and a bigger facility. And we're on the edge of all that. So I yeah. think that all of that can easily happen in the next 10 years. Absolutely. I like it. Super Dave, what about you? What'd you like to see in the next 10 years? Super Dave's retired in less than 10 years, I think. <laughs> what are you talking about? Man. Yeah, sitting, sitting by the lake catching fish, I guess. That would be super weird to come to work and Super Dave not to be here. Right, no know. Super Dave. How, yeah. how would you ever get used to that? Yeah. Where would he eat breakfast? <laughs> well, we don't know where he would eat, but we know what he would eat. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Cheerios and banana. <laughs> Man, we're giving you a hard time and you haven't said a word, Dave. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but love. Yeah, I like Dave's goal. Um, you know, this company has always grown. We've always achieved what we set out to achieve. Um, I'd love to see everybody under one roof, and I'd love to see that um, state-of-the-art shop and yard that, that we talked about, and then Adams County kind of put a kibosh on it, uh, right. what, six years ago? Yeah. Um, but uh, I like those goals. 150 trucks. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Who knows with IPOC, though, what might happen at the West Yard. Absolutely. It's a powerful movement, powerful yep. group right there. So yep. could happen. I like it. Yeah, and I, you know, after having the driver's meetings the last two days, too, Jam, I, I'd love to see a spot where it's a big enough room where we can be together, you know, and show a video and, and talk and have yeah. people together. And I still love that part because we just we don't see everybody enough. Right. Yeah, it was good seeing the guys at the West today. All right, moving on to procedures. I uh, talked to uh, Scooby quite a bit. One of his ideas uh, for the podcast was talking about being prepared for the winter. I know Jay, I talked about winter preparedness uh, two weeks ago, but he was referring more to like clothing and what you have in your truck. And I know when I was trucking, I'd have a duffel bag full of my winter gear. I had a pair of coveralls. I had a pair of uh, acid gloves, but then I'd use cotton gloves in them to chain up. I thought that would be really good to keep warm and stay dry. I was wrong. <laughs> plastic <laughs> on the stay warm part. They don't the stay, stay warm. warm, do they? No, those yeah. plastic gloves or rubber gloves. It just goes right down through the cotton. And right. It's man, you get those chains on, and you got to like sit down and warm your forearms up. <laughs> right. You know, before you move away. But I know Super Dave you used to carry quite. Actually, I think you have that stuff in your pickup. What do you, What do you keep with you? 
for the winter? Uh, I used to do exactly what you did. I'd have my winter bag um, mm. with coveralls. Uh, I found I just used some insulated leather waterproof gloves for chaining up. Boy, after <laughs> every time you chain up, having to take those thin leather work gloves off and putting them on your defroster, wow. <laughs> that didn't work. Wow. <laughs> Come on, I love the way they curl up when they <laughs> right. dry up and you can't get your fingers in them and they're all shriveled. Yeah, yeah. Man, that reminds me of the, the socks we used to carry. When I first came here and the first time I threw those socks on, I, I thought like, holy cow, man, this is the best thing ever. Until the next time I went to put them on, the first time, it, literally, I had them all on in like two minutes, if that. And then once they get full of snow and ice, and you keep them on your catwalks, so you don't have to get the cab of your truck dirty, and they freeze, and then you go to use them again. It's like, oh wow, these things are terrible. <laughs> yeah, one of the best things that I could recommend to everybody is is um, take those chains off of your hangers and hang them in a way that when you take them off they're ready to go in other words you have the links on the outside that need to be on the outside you have your hooks in the right place so that way you're not throwing them on the ground in a foot of snow in a big old pile and then you don't know which end is up that takes some preparedness right there that's thinking ahead yeah absolutely and i i know not driving anymore but even in my pickup in my side boxes i have you know two winter coats gloves all that kind of stuff and Scooby's right and JR and all you guys when you talk about it and out here at the fuel island I know you guys are running you know here in town and you're running a plant most of the time and all that kind of stuff but see a lot of guys in tennis shoes and you know light shirts and even when you're fueling out here it's just a small hoodie and you're you look like you're freezing to death so you know be prepared even if it's just some rubber boots to pull over your tennis shoes because I I love to wear tennis shoes too, you guys, but yeah, it doesn't work on some days in case something would happen. Right. Yeah. I got a story if, if we have time. So I was training this driver called Rock and Ron that was here and a shout out to Rock and Ron if you're listening, but we were hauling fuel. Um, so we were coming over Loveland Pass and it was just a whiteout. I mean, we were driving a black truck with a, a 379 hood out in front. You couldn't see any part of the hood. It was like somebody pulled a sheet across the windshield, and I was riding, he was driving, and uh, I kept on saying, Ron, you need to get more to the left. We're too close to the edge of the cliff. Get to the left. Get to the left. And so finally, it freaked him out, and he stopped. And, of course, we didn't have chains on, and we couldn't get going. And then this big old Kenworth grill came out of the snow, and over the CB, we heard, well, JFW, looks like you better hang some iron. So we were like, okay, we're in the middle of the road, in the middle of, of Loveland Pass. Turns out we were only about 100 yards from the top of the hill. But when we went to put our stuff on, the only thing that Ron had was a thin silk baseball jacket. Oh, man. That's all he had. He had no gloves. He had no hat, no nothing. And the temperature was two above zero. And the wind was blowing sideways with snow. And uh, I said, man, you're going to be cold. But between the two of us, we got the chains on and about five minutes and we got up to the top of the hill but he said man dave next time i come up here i'm making sure i have some clothes and some gloves yeah gotta at least carry a jacket guys yeah <clears throat> let's talk about uh the short haul exception versus hours of service for out of town runs for anybody who doesn't know when we're running locally here in J- at jfw we're on the short haul exception what that means is we don't travel outside 150 air miles and we don't work more than a 14 hour day we could kind of dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, you're, 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 you're spot on, Jam. And the, the other part of that is you return to your reporting location every day. That's the three things you have to do is there 150 miles reporting and, and the, the 14 hours. Absolutely. And when we do that, we just run uh, a daily timesheet. Right now, it's those pink sheets that we fill out. Uh, we might switch over to our geotab units because they keep track of when the truck starts and stops and that might just be a relief for all the drivers and by law the company is allowed to do that so that might be a good change in the future year coming up absolutely we just talked about it in the last two drivers meetings i tried to explain it you know jam just went over it guys how we're going to do it and, and what um instrument we're going to use to track it but the thing is is to keep it simple and keep it easy for you guys and to keep it accurate that's all we have to do exactly but what happens, because we have some out-of-state runs coming up, and we've had them in the past, obviously, what happens when we go out of town? 
So we, we have to change over to either running a paper log because we're not going to go out of town more than eight days, right guys? You guys right. are gonna agree with that? Yep. Which is four trips. Right. You know, you you left and you came back, that's that's two, two days, days, right? So a trip or four trips, and we need to do that just like it's always been done. That's eleven hours of driving. You can be in the truck for fourteen hours. And like when you unload, you load, you take your 30-minute break, all of that counts as your 14 hours, and you can only drive for 11. So did I, did I say that right? Everybody's in agreement with me? Sound, sound good? Yes. Absolutely. And, and that's because we're not running an ELD, an, an electronic logging device, and we're staying under those trips, and we're not required to. Once we run more than eight days or four trips, we need to run an electronic log. That's that's the law. And we have those in all the trucks. They just need to be turned on with the apps with your phone. And, right. and Jam's working with some guys on that. So Jam, can yep. you? Yeah, we're just testing out uh, Geotab's ELD app. It's called Geotab Drive. Uh, makes it really easy. There's a little bit of a setup involved, but once it's set up, I mean, it's just a matter of pushing buttons, either on duty, driving, um, on duty, not driving, or off duty. There's a sleeper berth in there, but we don't have sleeper berths, so we won't need to use that. But it'll make it easy. And the truck, what the truck's doing is going to coincide with what you're doing. And it's easy. You just verify your time, and then we verify it here at the office as well. Good. That makes it done the right way. And uh, does anyone here know the maximum amount of miles you can drive a day on that? I do. What is it? <laughs> 650 miles. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, we just went over that, you guys. That's the reason we're all laughing in the last two meetings. So just yep. so well, you guys all know. Sometimes we need to hear things every day, yep. you know, to, to, to reach everybody and to make it sink in. I mean, sure. I've been out of touch on logs because I don't drive or run logs very often. I can't remember the last time I ran a log. So yesterday when you were like, hey, Jam, look into this ELD thing, I got a quick you know, refresher on what the laws are and what it needs to look like. So sometimes we need to go over these things over and over. Yeah, I, I'm a perfect example of that, Jam. If I'm not doing something on the computer every day, I got to go back and, you know, where are you supposed to go? What are you supposed to do? I, yep. I totally agree. And that's that's for the driver's meetings. That's for these podcasts. That's what we're trying to touch on. Yep. You know, bring in a winter coat. Maybe it'll help remind you. Absolutely. A couple other points. That 11-hour driving limit. That's after 10 hours of off-duty time. You have to have a 10-hour reset before you can drive those 11 hours. Good point. And then you'll also need a 30-minute break before eight hours. Yeah. What? Yes. That's bullshit. <laughs> Man, <laughs> the beeps are coming. Just so you guys know, I, I don't know if anybody got scared in this room, but a couple drivers will listen to the podcast, and with Big Tone on and his foul mouth, I, I had to bleep some stuff out, but I used their trucking air horn. And some guys have been driving down the road. Todd Frischer was one of them. He's like, hey, man, that scared the beep out of me. You know? When I listened to the podcast, I was like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, that's what Tony said. <laughs> so how many hours can we work in a week? 70 is okay. what we're – and that, that includes our Saturday. Right. So that's, that's what we're – Local. Local, right? Local. Out of town. <laughs> right. yep. So we're on a 60-hour, seven-day week. Yeah, well, no, that, 70 hour, eight day. What are we doing? <laughs> well, see, that's that's the little confusion because we're right. going to be running in town and then we're jumping back on the road, right. Jam, which changes that. Right. But I think the key to that is having whatever we're doing recorded properly. Right. So we don't have to run into that. I know in town, just like Dave kind of whispered into the mic, you know, it's it's the 70 hours in for town. that for those six days. Yeah. Right. Got it. But that's a short haul exception as well. Y right. Yes. Got it. Okay, great. Anything else on hours of service, guys? Just let's try to run it correctly. I said in both meetings, um, help dispatch know where you're at with your hours. You know, if we've asked you to do something, you know, I kind of use the example. You guys are awesome about just going and doing it, man. Team players. But we got to watch this stuff, too. So say something to dispatch if there's, if there's a problem and you know about it. Uh, a couple other things I have is coming out of Fry, if you are going over the top, I guess uh, a lot of guys are starting to climb that big hill. Uh, what is it, US 40 or whatever? I call it the frontage road jam. I don't yeah. even know the 
the yeah. technical name of it. I don't know. So don't take the frontage road up to grab I-70. When you come out of Fry, go west, go down to the next exit, turn around on the interstate. And Do you know why that up. is? Do I know why? Yeah, that's uh, the steepest hill, the steepest climb in Colorado probably, and our trucks are not built for that. That is the steepest paved road in the state of Colorado. Man, how'd you find that out? Super Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, um, I have an old trucker buddy, a guy by the name of Sam Morris, who uh, used to run coast to coast back in the old days, but he would run from California to Colorado before the interstates were complete. And he said that that's the steepest pull anywhere between California and here. Wow. Um, Scooby also brought up more wind operations just with it getting cold out. I know it's supposed to drop down into the 20s tonight. We're getting into that time of the year, everybody. Make sure you're doing a good pre-trip and post-trip. I know we've talked about that before as well. And then moving on to the safety topics of the week, we are still having trouble down at Plant 13 backing up into bin one. How do we fix that? Just do your damn job. That's how we fix that. You know, get out, <laughs> get out and look. Look in those mirrors. Don't don't be afraid to pull forward and scoot over. I, I don't know. I can spit so many things out, and you know, I know we've had Scott and and uh, who, Billy down there. You know, kind of come out and go, hey, back in that bend farther, and they're scary guys, and they they don't want to run their loader, and right. I think it forces guys to make a decision that they they don't need to, but. Right. You know, just like we preach, you can always stop, stop and pull forward. I know we sent JR and Scooby down there to take a look and check things out, talk to Billy and Scott and see if they can be a little nicer when they talk to you and, and give you some pointers and stuff. And JR took some video of the of the bend and it's like 14 feet wide, right, you guys? There's, there's wow. plenty of room to right. back in there. And he watched Kurt, Kurt Spencer. Kurt, yeah. yeah. And, Kurt like nailed it. Looked like he was nailed it. Nailed it. Like shout out to Kurt. Yep. Shout out to Kurt. Like been doing it fifty years, I guess. I don't know. It was just yeah. it was just good to see somebody do it the right way. So, yeah, I, I know I'm jumping in there, but how do we quit hitting the wall, right? I'd say one thing is make sure you're the captain of your ship. You know, because if you're feeling pressured by other drivers or a plant manager or a load operator. They're not driving that truck. You got to run your plan. You got to do it the way you want to and make it yours. So not like the Titanic when the guy's going, give it fuel, give it fuel <laughs> right. or whatever, and just hit the iceberg. Okay. When, when Billy or, or Scott shows up and just back all the way in the bend, you just crank up the Titanic. and Right. Yeah, yeah so we've been discussing this for a couple of weeks now, Jim, and <clears throat> we've had a couple kind of cornerstone comments made. And then when I say cornerstone, uh, Super Dave and I were talking last week about it. And someone mentioned, you know, you got to pay attention to all four corners, huh. right? And it was an aha moment for me because I'm, I'm a very visual person. I like, I don't just hear words. I have to see things in my head or see things with my own eyes or whatnot. And I guess we have stickers on the mirrors that say goal, right? Get out and look. Well, shit, you know, you're in a bin, right? What, you know, you're eight feet from one side when you look in that mirror that you can see it. That must mean you're pretty close to the other side. Don't back up unless you can see it. There are four corners of that truck. We've had, I would guess, and I'm, I'm, I don't have a statistic here, but we've probably hit as many right front fenders as we have damaged right rear corners of the trailer huh. on that wall down there, right? Because we're not looking at four corners. When we're moving that unit, you've got four corners you constantly need to look at. Right front, right rear, left front, left rear, if you're pulling forward, your head needs to be on a swivel. You're looking at all four corners. If you're backing up, your head needs to be on a swivel, looking at all four corners. Then the next comment that came up, and I'll throw praise at Mike Bortz for this. I love this comment. It is it is money, this comment. You're going to love it, right? I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Pulling up is free. Backing uh, into something and you hit it costs a lot of money. It's expensive. Yeah, it does. A pull-up is free doesn't cost a thing. If we can't see what we're backing into, stop and pull up, right? Or get out and look. Or realize where your four corners are at. Don't sit there and say, well, I thought I had enough room, right? You, you can't do it. A pull-up is free. So Mike Bortz, thank you for that comment. Hey, and by the way, our thoughts and prayers are with you. You go in and have a procedure done next week. I hope that's not uh, 
a private thing. You know, we're not going to discuss what it's about. But anyway, man, we're thinking of you when you go in next week. You're going to be out the next 30 days. So I hope everything goes well, brother. Hope the surgery is uh, 100% successful and you have a speedy recovery. Absolutely, Mike. Here, here. Hey, just talking about the bend and Dave talking about damage. We do the same thing when we pull on the scales. I mean, that has to be, don't you think, you guys, where our other damage happens is pulling on the scale? And so, like Dave, you know, the epiphany of, hey, four corners, when I'm pulling on the scale and my driver's side, I've got like three feet, where do you think the other side of your truck's at? I'd be on the other side of the scale. Right? (laughs) In the stuff, you know? I mean, old school story, we had one of the guys drive off the scale at an old Vara pit, one of their first locations, and... She was an old gal and she was kind of cranky and me and Dave show up because we're driving and she's up there and going, your truck drove right in my scale house. I thought I was going to (laughs) die. And when we got up there. And her name was Betty. Yeah, (laughs) Absolutely. When we got up there, she wasn't shitting us if Jam doesn't beep it out. I'm just letting you guys know right now, we're saying shit from that one. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. You know, that that front tire, that long-nosed Peterbilt with that big old chrome bumper was sitting at her door at the scale. So off the scale. It was an wow. OMG moment. Yep. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Uh, Scooby also wanted to bring up holiday traffic. I know he mentioned it on the radio this morning. And then Dennis brought it up on the radio again so it's going to get busy on the roads today guys if you're listening this morning just keep in mind that later this afternoon we're going to be bumper to bumper so be prepared and be patient hopefully this podcast gets out this morning (laughs) okay dave i got you that wasn't a shot that was like this is going to sound funny talking about it if it comes out like at four o'clock today challenge accepted (laughs) it'll be out before lunch i got more faith in you on this than anyone (laughs) want to throw it out there it's not just this weekend for thanksgiving i mean the the whole holiday season's the biggest travel season we got christmas coming up new year's um People yeah, are, DIA people are is, out and trucking. DIA yeah. is expecting higher than pre-COVID numbers oh, wow. for travel this week. Holy cow. Yeah, scary. Right Holy cow. You guys, I apologize. That was my phone. If Jim can't. Rude. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shouldn't it be on silent? You guys have well, anything before so. Dave hits us with the high road hauler? I know you guys are tight on time. You got a meeting coming up, so. Yeah, I just wanted to throw out there, Steve Schwagler <laughs> replied again, and he was like, he says, ha-ha, right on, Dave. Doing it the right way, something I learned from you and Jim. Cheers to you guys, and happy holidays. That, I thought that was pretty cool. Does that make you feel good? It does, yes. yeah. 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 I miss Steve. We got a really, really good high road haul in this week. I got this from a TED Talk. Um, if nobody's heard of TED Talks, they're really good and educational. Um, just every person of any walk of life can can give a ted talk um they're about every topic under the sun and um they're definitely worth worth a listen if uh, you have some time to listen pull one up in the truck but uh, this one's uh titled what almost dying taught me about living um this is an excerpt from uh and i'm gonna just kill this name sukila jawood in 2011, at age 22, Ms. Jawood was d- diagnosed with leukemia, a cancer of the body's blood-forming tissues. The doctors gave her a 35% chance of long-term survival. She underwent four years of treatment, including long hospital stays, chemo, a bone marrow transplant, and as you can imagine, not only the illness, but the prospect of death changed her forever. When a person goes through a traumatic experience like this, people treat you differently. They say you're a hero, a warrior, and inspirational. The person has endured a journey that changes them forever, mentally as well as physically. However, this doesn't make them a hero. While in the hospital, Ms. Jaoud wrote a column about her experience, and over the years it was read by people all over the world. They sent her messages of all kinds, but mostly of support. She heard from a teenage cancer patient in Florida, a retired professor in Ohio, a death row inmate in Texas. Each had their own insight to her illness. When she emerged from that journey as a survivor, her life had changed. She was no longer the person she was before diagnosis. Even though she was very lucky, she felt guilt, sadness, and suffered with PTSD. Being lost and unsure of her mission in life, she decided to go on a road trip of discovery. 
She embarked on a 15,000 mile journey around the country, not only to regroup, but also to visit some of the people who were so supportive and to say thank you. She stopped in Ohio to see the retired professor who urged her to open herself to uncertainty, to the possibility of new love and new loss. He incurred a debilitating illness when he was a young man and had no way predicting how long he would live. But it didn't stop him from having a rewarding career and getting married. He's a grandfather now and recently celebrated his 50th wedding anniversary. In one of his letters, he wrote, meaning is not found in the material realm. It is not in dinner, jazz, cocktails, or conversation. Meaning is what is left when everything else is stripped away. She also went to Texas and visited a death row inmate. He asked me, what did I do to pass all that time in the hospital? And she said, I got really good at Scrabble. <laughs> and he said, me too. And uh, he and his neighboring prisoners made board games out of paper and passed their plays through the meal slots, a testament to the incredible tenacity of the human spirit and our ability to, to adapt in any situation. Her last stop was in Florida with a teenage girl with cancer. Her name is Unique, which is perfect. That was her name, by the way. She is the most luminous and curious person you could meet. I asked her what she wants to do next, and she said she wants to go to college and eat weird foods like octopus and go camping and visit me in New York. Miss Dwoud was in awe of her optimism. How she could be so full of plans for the future after what she had been through. Unique showed her it was far better for your soul to live for the future and have hope than to live hemmed in by fear. Every single one of us will have our lives interrupted, whether it is by the shock of a diagnosis or some other kind of heartbreak or trauma. We need to find ways to live in the now, not with the body or mind we had before the trauma. Stop thinking that there is some perfect state of wellness or quit living in a constant state of dissatisfaction. Find that stripped down meaning in the love of family or in the joy of a child's giggle or a clear blue sky after a storm. Remember, it's the simple things that can fill your heart. And the quote this week is, it's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see by Henry David Thoreau. Good job, Dave, that yeah. was awesome. That was That's great, awesome. Dave. I'm gonna ask you again if you could send me the PDF for that, because guys like to print those out, hang them up on the fridge. I know I got a couple hanging in my house. I, I hear you, Texas <laughs> already asked for me to Texted. send them to Texas, yeah. That's funny. Uh, I'll let you guys kick off with final thoughts. In case you got a jump, I could finish up after that. Okay. Dave? You good? Yeah, I just want to reach out and say this is a great Thanksgiving Day weekend for those of us that are off, which the only thing running is Coors, so we're going to have four days off here with the exception of the Coors guys. And uh, enjoy your family, man. It's been a long, hard year. Take these four days. You know, tomorrow's a paid holiday. We need a little Hong Kong there for JFW. Three years ago, we didn't have paid holidays, yep. you know. So enjoy tomorrow. Like I say, paid holiday. Spend some time with your family. Get a little rest, rejuvenated. You know, it's going to be a long, hard winter as far as fighting the elements and, and getting the job done. So get some rest and be reassured and be prepared. Be reengaged, ready to come back to work Monday. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I got to just bounce on top of that with Dave there is – it was good to see everybody in the last two meetings. This is Thanksgiving week, and Thanksgiving to me means giving thanks, and I'm thankful for all you guys and, and my family. And I mentioned earlier about, oh, Benjamin Franklin. I, I love his quotes as old as as he is or as his quotes are, but the, the one here is, is uh, be at war with your vices, so whatever your vices might be. Be at peace with your neighbors, and let every new year find you a better person. And I just, I love that one. That's good. I like that. Soup, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, Thanksgiving's a great holiday. You know, it's uh, basically just built around food, family, and football. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's great just to spend that time and, and feel good um, with all those important things. Awesome. I wanted to talk about perspective real quick. Many of you know I just came back from a hunting trip. It's my second year hunting. Last year I didn't get anything. And uh, the guys I go with, they're very accomplished hunters. I mean, you know, things happen quick. And they were so gracious. You know, Jam, you get the first shot. And 
you know, day one, I had opportunity, I passed on and went against everything I said I was going to do because I just said, when I get out there, I'm going to shoot a legal buck. You know, I'm not going to be picky. Passed on that, thought it was too small. I had another opportunity, thought it was too small. I missed an opportunity. And when I say miss, I took the shot. The deer ran into private property. And then uh, we came across this really big buck and I got set up on the hood of the Jeep. We were on a two track where it was legal to shoot from the from the car, outside the car, but off the hood. And um, I was about to take the shot, and I didn't know where my buddy's kid was. So I looked up from the scope just to see where he was, and he was safe. I said, hey, you know, watch out. I'm about to shoot. And when I came back down on the scope, the buck was gone. So I started getting pretty beat up about it. It's It's day three, and nothing's happened. And, you know, I feel like I'm letting people down, and, you know, I talked to my wife and she was like, those weren't your bucks. You know, that's, that's not, those weren't yours. And, you know, God's going to send you a buck where you could breathe and take your time and get that shot. So I think that was actually day four. So that night I kind of changed my perspective and I was like, wow, I'm out here doing something a lot of people can't do. And, you know, I'm in God's country and what a great opportunity with, to be with great people and just, you know, I don't even care if I shoot an animal today. And uh, that day, I got I got the buck. I got my buck, and not the biggest buck, not the biggest rack, but it's my favorite buck by by all means. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so I guess my point to this long, drawn out, boring hunting story is, you know, it's all about perspective. You know, I put a lot of undue pressure on myself and started taking the fun out of something that's supposed to be enjoyable. And if you just start looking at things a different way, good things will happen. Yeah, that's awesome. Here, here. All right, guys. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, it was good to get back on here and do this podcast with you guys. I yeah. love yeah. doing this. So. Th- thanks, Jam, for picking Thanks, it back Jim. up. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. yeah, happy holidays. See you guys. All right.